This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to The Running Channel Podcast with me, Andy Badley, a retired ex-professional athlete who competed in a couple of Olympics over 1,500 metres. Me, Sarah Hartley, haven't been in any Olympics yet. Uh, I'm a relatively new runner and I have gone on to do some marathons, some ultra marathons, and I'm currently trying to get faster over any distance that will have me, to be honest. Me, Rick Kelsey, who has also not been to the Olympics, although I may have been, but I can't remember if I did. Um, and I'm a recovering runner, uh, run for most of my life. And I also said the first ever words on the running channel. There we go. What an amazing different intro to normal. So if you're a regular podcast listener, we thought we'd do a little bit of a recap for any new listeners out there. But today we're going to be talking about answering all of the most Googled running questions as well as your questions and ultimately covering some of the cool news stories that we've seen this week. So let's get stuck in. Right, firstly, I want to address the elephant in the room, me. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, don't be so hard on yourself. I'm going to get in there before. Right, guys, I am... I've been on holiday and uh, you have. I've been gone for a long time. I yeah. have. I've been away you for a couple of us. weeks. I know. I'm so sorry. And I thought I would come back to two people who had missed my presence in mm. the podcast. But this morning, on my way in to do the recording, I had to listen to last week's podcast episode with the lovely Mo, who filled in. For yeah, me. it was great, wasn't it? Really good. Really it was good. really, really good. great. Really it was week. really, really great. Yeah. Loads of really great stuff said on the podcast. For example, Rick, when you said, "So glad to see the back of her." <laughs> <laughs> Really, really enjoyed yeah. that bit. And Andy said, we've thankfully got rid of her. <laughs> hey, just temporarily. Just lovingly. We'd lovingly, thankfully got, got rid, rid of, of you her. and yeah, replaced yeah. you with someone better. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and now you're back. And now yeah. I'm back. And now we have to deal with the, uh, the fallout. <laughs> yeah. And now we can lie again. We've really missed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did miss you, Sarah. We wouldn't change this for the world. But have you been running whilst you've been away on holiday? I have. You know what? I have. I did. I went away and helped Tom do his longest ever run. So we did 32 kilometres and filmed it. So you'll be able to watch that very soon. I that mean, was. How did he do that? It, it was. I mean, fair play, respect to him. His first marathon, his longest ever run. And he took it like a champ. Yeah. We had, you know, we had some moments. How pink was his face at the end? <laughs> it was, it was quite warm. We did get a little bit of rain towards the end, right. but yeah, it was quite warm. And then, then I went and did a three day hike up in the Dolomites. So I didn't get to do any running apart from like a little shuffle when you're going downhill, yeah. but it was beautiful. And then I came back and tried to like pick back up into training and was like, well, I've been hiking. Surely this will feel great now. Yeah. I've like got all of this elevation in my legs and no, my, uh, did it feel like you'd never run before? Yeah. In my life? 10 yeah. miler was like, oh my 
my gosh, this is so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, your holiday, do do Sarah, I mean, it's not, it doesn't sound very relaxing. So a hike, Dolomites, you know, 32K trek. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I went to Suffolk and just saw a few bottles of Gavi. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Straight into the wine so chat, Rick. I, We're what, two or three minutes in here? We're wanna, into wine already. Do you want to know something you amazing, Rick? I So on the way back, got the ferry back because we drove and the ferry was delayed by a couple of hours. Oh, I so I, I looked around the duty free and they have, if you get the ferry back to the UK, there's a really good, like it's basically just all wine in the duty free. And I was like, now that I'm here and I've got some time to kill, I'm going to go find a bottle of Gavi. And <laughs> you know you what? One? They had honestly about 200 bottles of wine, not even one Gavi. So I don't think your so recommendation depressing. is That's that so good. Depressing. Yeah. You went to Italy and couldn't find Gavi. That was so we were getting the ferry back to so we were in France. Uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, you know what? This week, a guy called uh, Magic Bobcat contacted us. And uh, <laughs> that was seriously his name. Yeah. He contacted us and he said this. Well, I think it's seriously his handle, right? He said, at Running Channel, I always thought the Gavi Rick Kelsey was talking about was Gaviscon <laughs> because <laughs> he, kept, in relief. he kept getting heartburn from too much red wine. Well, <laughs> well at least he did think you were a wine drinker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so Quality. funny. Back uh, on the Gaviscon. And to pick up from you, we've gone, we've, we've, we've flipped roles, Sarah. You just said that your 10 mile run felt so long. Oh yeah. How long have you run now? I have, uh, two weeks ago, I did 14 miles yesterday, day before recording this on my, on my long run. We dialed it back. I dialed it back for a week because I did one extra run. So overall mileage was longer, but my long run was shorter. So I did a 10 mile run and that felt short and I couldn't did believe it. it. Yeah, it was, um, it was. Uh, yeah, but your uh, 10 miler took what? 80 minutes? 70, 70 minutes. minutes? 70 yeah. minutes. It's ridiculous. Disgusting. Yeah. It isn't it? Mine took 90. Yeah. And that I felt awesome. every single minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's like my mindset has shifted. I weirdly am enjoying... Are you more excited now that you've got into the like meaty chunk of training? Do you feel more prepared or more scared? Both. <laughs> I feel both right. actually, weirdly. I, I've, and, and I'm, I'm a walking contradiction. I'm going to say things that don't just don't add up. On the one side, I've really enjoyed having the structure in my week now and yeah. knowing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, planning my week around it. And actually that feels like it's made me more productive. But then as the runs are getting longer, I'm finding that bit harder because I'm having to commit to several hours on a Sunday morning, mm. um, which I'm up for doing, but my lovely wife <laughs> with the three children is, is less less like enamored with the- It so takes be, time, it takes time. Yeah, it's, I mean, thankfully it could be worse. I could be cycling or golfing. Um, yeah. You're out for a lot longer then, but I've just been trying to do it early so that I am back at a sensible time. But then again, when I should be recovering, I'm then like mobbed. Thankfully, they're, they're, yeah. they're by the hordes of children. Yeah, but thankfully they're repulsed by me if I'm sweaty. So how are they? <laughs> that, oh, that that's buys quite me good. A, yeah, it buys me back. So then, the if time. you just don't yeah. shower for like five hours, you're yeah. free. Yeah, actually, with boilers on the blink at the moment, so that might that might be a, a, oh, a horrible no. reality. And it's getting a bit colder. <laughs> yeah, it's getting chillier. Yeah. yeah, your marathon training is about to look very different because you've currently been in the luxury of training during the summer months, but your marathon isn't till December. Yeah. So some of those sessions are going to get a little bit harder to fit in in the dark. Yeah, it's the, the that's the daylight. The daylight is the thing, but the temperatures are helping me out mm. as it yeah. gets as it Much starts to nicer, drop. That is that is a bit nicer. Yeah. So having done a few of the they weren't long long runs, but you know my first um, ten miler was in thirty degrees, which was horrible. So yeah, pretty now brutal. that we're below twenty, it is that that's quite pleasant. Nice. It's kind of perfect running conditions at the moment, actually. 
Yeah, yeah, I love this. You get like two weeks of, oh, isn't it great to yeah, be a runner? Yeah, awesome weather. You're like, oh, it's awesome nice weather. to just yeah. occasionally have a jumper on yeah. and then, and then I'll start moaning about the winter. Yeah, so. yeah. then yeah. you just get sideways rain, freezing cold, can't feel your arms because you've gone out in a t-shirt because you're still in disbelief. All right, all right, all right, all right. So yeah. bad. You really yeah. sell it, you really sell <laughs> it, you really sell <laughs> it to me. You know, you know, this is the running channel. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, but I do love running. Running's amazing. You know what? Oh, it's actually, not always easy, though. That's the point, right? We're, we're yeah, not trying to lie hard. about the fact. And, and, no, and true, right now, things true. have been been pretty good, but I have had all sorts of weird aches and pains. It hasn't all been plain sailing. Mm. So, I um, think as well, like, this is a really... So we're, we're now in to autumn marathon season. We've got lots of stuff to talk about in the news a little bit later on about Berlin Marathon, which happened yeah. last weekend, if you're listening to this, when we put it out. And this is, like, a really cool time of year because it's what everyone or what a lot of people will have built up to but then I actually spent my holiday so I'm running Chicago Marathon I'm not running it for a PB I'm running filming pacing consoling Tom as as he's gonna go out and do it but I actually took the holiday to think about like what do I want to do for the next year because I think for the for when you're running and if you're wanting to do marathons, you need to start building in those like peaks and troughs in your year where mm. you have like a nice, like you're in at the moment, Andy, like training block or Rick with your 10K. Mm. You have that like big peak and then you do need to take a little bit of time to recover. And yeah, think about, so I actually spent a lot of time whilst up a mountain just thinking like, okay, what do I want 2024 to look like with running? So that it isn't just like goal, 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 goal. And it's actually like fun. And then you don't oh, feel yeah. a bit li- bit like lost in those moments. It can still be goals, can't it? But those goals need to be a bit less like specific event or time focused, right? And, yeah. and like, take the pressure off and, and do the things that- And like- also you can't train, even if you're not going for a, a specific goal or time, you can't train at max capacity for an entire year. No, like you no. need to give yourself those- breaks and it's hard if running for you is something that you want or need to go out and do because it's helping you or giving you that little yeah, bit of mental I, headspace I speaking to a friend of mine recently where the that the, they were training for a specific goal and that had made them have to do a specific type of training which isn't what they'd normally do and they would normally run a lot further with less structure mm-hmm. um and running was almost their sole mental health coping strategy yeah and so actually the it sort of had a negative effect on their on their mental health because they were all of a sudden using the one thing that they'd changed the way that they were approaching that one thing that, yeah. that gave them that release and escape mm. and it's it basically instead of training going as long as they wanted to go and just escaping the world they were training to run a faster 10k and, and like that massively impacted on um how they could kind of process all the things they'd normally process because instead yeah. of being out there for four hours just because they wanted to be they're out there for like 45 minutes i think that's something as well that you don't necessarily realize until you start running is that there are there are so many different types like i remember we went mm. on a trip earlier this year and we were talking to someone who is a sprinter that mm. and that i don't know in my head i was like oh okay everyone just does 5k's but there are there are so many great clubs for if you you don't need to be an elite you don't need to like be aiming for really fast times you can as an adult just go and be a 400 meter sprinter and like join a club and that for them was their they loved that element of it whereas for other people it's going out and doing those long slow like ultra marathons is where they really get that real buzz from it and they're they're both runners it's just their experience is so different well athletics has obviously multiple sports within it in the field events and so on but i would say that even within running there are different sports so like sprinting is a your as a true sprinter you know you're set up to run in a certain way super fast explosive all of that and that just mm-hmm. that's not the same as going and running a 5k actually it might be impossible for a lot of sprinters to even do that without hurting themselves because it's so different yeah 
Um, so yeah, there we go. You see that in the decathlon, don't you? Oh, that was honestly one of when my we favourite moments yeah. in Budapest. Yeah, yeah. Which race was it that we watched? The, the 1500 metres is the, and is you the said men's that, final event in the decathlon, yeah. Yeah, and you were, it was really interesting to watch because you were saying that like for all of the events that they have to train for, the 1500 is the one where it's so different to all of the others because yeah. it's not necessarily that like explosive power or exactly. strength. So for some people, like in triathlon, like that's only three disciplines and someone yeah. will have like a weakest mm. discipline. But obviously in decathlon, there are some where they're like, I'm just going to jog around. Just going to jog well, around. Because they <laughs> they've already won it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still doing yeah. ridiculous times, but for them, that's But they just... can't, uh, compared to say the 400, the explosive events, they're actually not, not that far behind the best in the world yeah. at those events. Um, obviously they are a bit behind and some of them will have real specialists where often a lot of them, certainly in the women's in the heptathlon, some of the long jumpers or high jumpers may also compete as individuals in those in events because yeah, they're yeah. so good. Um, but in the men's decathlon, the 1500 meters is so alien. They almost can't train for it properly because they would risk getting injured because it's their mechanics are inefficient running slowly. Yeah. Like they, it's, yeah, it's just, and, and the, the points on offer are, it's uh, not, not enough yeah, to make it worth yeah. it. And they're units as 10%. well. When you they're see them, guys, they just yeah. look like fridges on the track. They're so <laughs> strong, yeah. Well, because they, they're hurling the javelin. They've got to do yeah. pole vault. They've got to... It does do... feel like you're going back to, you know, like in the Greek... It does, doesn't like, it? Like Olympic Games. Mm. That's what it feels. It feels like they should have, what's it called? They're like flowers that they have on the little wreaths oh, the on their head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when they come out. And especially, I think it's even more like elevated or... it's you can see it even more because yeah. you will have just watched, I don't know, maybe like a 1500 heat or an 800 mm. heat. And then the decathletes come out and it they just all look so different and you've yeah. just seen them do javelin and now they're coming out to do something else. It's incredible. And they're all strapped up because it, you know, it takes a big toll on the body. Yeah, most people tape are just them. a couple of days. Whereas for them, it's like, hey, welcome yeah. to your two weeks of <laughs> every day, go all out. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I had to Google the decathlon to remember all the different events that were in it because it was so complicated which yeah. actually brings me there cleverly on look at that to, uh, look at that segue to today's feature theme we answer the most googled running questions yes I want we tried to, to i want to start off with one that caught my attention because i genuinely don't know the answer to this oh, and no. I, well i feel like i do but does running tone your arms there's been a lot of toned arm chat recently <laughs> <laughs> in the media a lot of oh, toned really? arm chat yeah yeah uh, so I, I, I was reading yeah. it about well, it yesterday I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for yes Ooh. yeah I think that so there's a whole I mean this is a whole subsection of most Google questions we've got a list in front of us there's an amazing tool um, out there called answer the public there's a whole different one load of them out there that you can check out if at home you want to see what people are searching for in running um, a lot of them are about toning or you know arms Thighs, yeah, the main arm of thighs, but yeah, the main um, offshoot for that one was: can you get abs from running? No, I was going to say yes. Like you, you need a good strong core to be able to run. But, uh, but will you actually but not get ripples. visible? No abs in that kind of like front of a magazine cover way from just running. Then no, no, probably not. What about arms? I think you'll naturally. Well, you'll lose fat from running, won't you? Yeah, oh, this is this is a minefield already that we've walked into here with the first question. Sorry. Thanks, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> next one. <laughs> I mean, I just there's, always there's think... all the, the different chat about like the heart rate at which you run and which heart rate zone is going to be the most effective at, at fat burning. Then you've got like the diet that you follow, whether you should run fasted or non-fasted for all of these purposes and stuff. And I don't like I'm not. We're not going to try and answer that now. Can, will it tone your arms? I think 
any physical activity will tone your body in some way. It's going to be my super vague answer. But, but I but think you're if right, you're but, thinking about it in terms of like, if you see sprinters at the Olympics and mm. the arms that they have, that is not from, they just pump their arms so fast. They've suddenly got biceps <laughs> popping no. out. But there, so yeah, I think it will do a little bit, but also that's where your S&C comes in if you really want yeah. to see something. However, I would counter that though with when you use poles, when you're doing oh, for ultras. Yeah, like for trails or yeah. ultras, that's pretty good for an arm. That is yeah. the one moment where I realized I do not work my arms enough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah because you've got that physical contact with the ground. So you, you're actually you're driving, working, you're, yeah. you're driving your muscles. Yeah. So yeah. that's almost like the yeah. closest thing to the cross trainer in the gym, right? Because then mm. you're pushing and pushing with your arms and your legs. Yeah, the elliptical. Yeah. But then a lot of people, when they go on long distance hikes, have yeah. poles, don't they? Yeah. But I, I think the summary is if you really want to you're looking at specific areas of your body for toning, then running's a great all-rounder, but on its own is not going to have like a huge impact. Mm. Um, obviously, it will help you to get fit generally, but you need more specific exercises on top of that. What else you got? So another big subsection uh, that people Googled was how many minutes should I run for? Which I thought was a really interesting question because there are loads of difference. Like, should I run 30 minutes or one hour? Will jogging 20 minutes a day make a difference? Does 30 minutes of running make a difference? What happens if you run 10 minutes a day? Is five minute jog enough? What is a good distance to run? How many minutes should I be running? There are so many. Yeah. Open think, questions. There. Yeah. And I yeah. definitely had this question as well of like, how many minutes should you go out for? I'm guessing these are all 11. more like... <laughs> 11. <laughs> no, no, is, that the, is that the secret yeah, science, number? <laughs> yeah, the science says 11 minutes. Well, it's like building, no more isn't than 12. It? This building, is, you know, you took it back to couch to 5K. So you start mm -hmm. with little and you build up. And, and even you, with a couch to 5K, yeah. like your first, the first time you go out might be, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes, but you're not running for 15 no, or 20 minutes. Running. You're doing those, those like different intervals. And I suppose yeah. this is when the 10% rule comes in. Mm. Yeah, so the the answer to it is based on what you've done already. Yeah, so like if you if you run a little bit already and you've been running regularly, running twenty minutes a few times a week, then now's the time to run twenty five minutes. Mm. I know that's more than a ten percent improvement, but uh, maybe you could start with twenty two minutes if we're going to hold hard and fast to that rule. But yeah, it's it's nudge it up a little bit at a, at a time. But it's also what you want to achieve. So the kind of is X amount enough? Some running is better than no running. Yeah. So. Um, if you don't have any injuries or anything and you're getting out there and doing something, getting your heart rate up for a little bit of period of time, that has a benefit that is more than just aerobic fitness or VO2 max or any of that stuff. It's like mental and physical health, blood flow, circulation, neural mental stimulation for actually being more effective at work or day-to-day -day life. Mm. So get out there and do something is better than doing nothing. And yeah. also take into account, like the comparison is the thief of joy element. Like just because you are watching someone on Instagram who is going out and running what you want to run, you don't live in exact carbon copy of their life. So like there is, it, just because they run five times a week and you think you can run five times a week, if that is gonna then have like a detrimental impact to your sleep or just, how much you enjoy life because you're not able to go out and do other things like you don't you don't need mm. to do anything it should be that kind of perfect balance I, I can understand why that is one of the most googled questions about running yeah is there not anything about knees in the most google questions about running you know what i don't think really I, I would have thought is running bad for your knees i really we've done that before haven't we i think we've, we did we've it. made a video on it yeah um the answer being that no Overall, actually running is good for your knees and, and helps you to build stronger knees for the future if you are mechanically efficient. At yeah. So if you're 
have some kind of biomechanical inefficiency, that's when you get injured. You don't get injured from running. So running isn't bad for your knees per se. No. Yeah, because can we address right now, Rick, can you give a very brief mm. little medical history into what led up to your knee injury? Because I've, I've seen a few people Comments. saying yeah. that Rick ran and that's why he's had surgery, but that's not the case, is it? No, I used to play rugby to a relatively high level. And, uh, I yeah, And I did overflex my <laughs> knee. Uh, and uh, I have a, had something called a hyperextension, which is uh, when your bottom half of your leg, in simple terms, goes ahead of the top part of your leg. Yes. So your, your knee basically cracks and goes forward. And that led to me getting something called a drop foot, which is when you can't lift your foot. So I have no feeling because you, you cut your perineal nerve. So my foot, I can't, you know, when people lift their foot like that, I can only pull it up a little bit. And my oh, so toes, you like lift your toast, your shin or whatever. Yeah, you so can't I, can't, I can't do that. So I've, I, I don't have any feeling or sensation. So I have a drop foot. That change of biomechanics mm-hmm. led to more strain on the inside of my knee, which in the long term led to an osteotomy. Oh, that Lovely is... recap. Awful to did I, hear. Did I, do, did I do that in 30 seconds? That, that was, was incredible. Great. Yeah, that, that was, was like really elevator good. pitch for Rick's medical history. <laughs> but that's another thing as well. Like no one, you're not, when you see people out and about running, you don't know that kind of intricate history of what's going on. No. So again, like if you're going to just copy someone's running style or running form, if you think that's what you need to do, like bear in mind that everyone has their own little things that are going on like even I I broke my foot when I was in sixth form and so my baby toe on my left foot doesn't touch the ground at all and that led to oh I see a change in your mechanics yeah and it doesn't now that I'm aware of it and I've like seen physios Mm. and got advice I know that that is what led to when I first started running Mm. I had loads of knee issues which was actually an IT band issue and because I was just trying to fix the knee issue because I didn't get help for ages it slowed down being able to do that and now I'm running like completely pain-free both legs feel the same but I'm aware that if I do something hard yeah. that's going to be the weak spot Which, that yeah, gets but then it then it, it all your weak spot often gets found out somewhere else in your body right but it's yeah. caused by something like that yeah Rick, Rick's was from childhood or you know relatively close to childhood uh rugby stuff I've got um I'm left-footed if I play football um and so there's a bony growth on the joint Wait, like literally on the laces where you'd kick the ball, my left foot looks totally different to my right foot. Oh, really? From like bone that must have grown over the 10 years I was kicking a football with that foot. Um, so that that has an impact. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I've got another unrelated question for you though you that go. might be a good one to tie this up with, which is what happens to the body after a long run? It's one of the Google questions. <laughs> oh, it hates you. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. I actually long saw someone last night. So as I said earlier, Berlin Marathon's mm. just happened. And um, someone posted on Instagram, uh, Lizzie, runner of four, if you follow her, she's amazing. And she was like, anyone who says you get a good night's sleep after a marathon you're wrong (laughs) because your body is just like what have you done and you will like the doms will start to set in and so you just you can't really sleep that well because your body is just slowly realizing what you've just done to it yeah there's a lot of there's there's all of the i mean depends on how long the long run is and how well prepared you are but you're going to have those kind of micro tears to to muscles that that Mm -hmm. are what ultimately give you the the doms in the in the in the coming days but also what give you the adaptation and make you stronger from that, that exercise get a big immune system dip in the first few hours after exercise, if you don't fuel it with the right kind mm. of stuff um, afterwards as well. Um, and obviously you need to get all the good stuff back in. So hydration and, and fueling and things like that. And often best not to literally just stop hard at the end of a long run, mm. give yourself a little walk out of it or like 
you know, get warm quickly, get your clothes on, all that sort of stuff. Don't stand around getting cold. So all of that, that good advice, I guess, to avoid feeling like someone might have just done after after feeling a mar- after running a marathon. Yeah, especially with a marathon as well. Like if you're, I think Mo was saying this on the podcast last week that when you go and race in another country, you're out of your usual routine. But that yeah. is my like one biggest tip and one thing I'm going to make sure you do after Valencia is like don't get swept up in the moment and just forget all of that recovery stuff yeah. because otherwise you'll feel great on the day because you've achieved something amazing. And then the next three days will just be filled with like, oh, I, yeah, wish, I, I'd, it, yeah. I wish I'd eaten something. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. just, let's just shout recovery at him. <laughs> Recover, don't yeah. forget I it. I can't wait. Okay, well, you're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got a little bit of news followed by the best bit, your questions. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Puma Running and their Nitro range of running shoes. Andy, you're not too good at pacing, are you? Hang on, what, what, how am we I being thrown under the bus We asked you to run a 20 minute 5k and what time did you run? 18 minutes something. I mean, you were close. Ballpark. You, you were close, ballpark. Better yeah. to be under than over, right? Yes, well, that's what I thought. Yeah, well, good news for you. We require your pacing duties again. At the so end- good news for me, maybe not for anyone else who's, who's allocated to me as a pacer. Well, potentially not. I mean, you'll get a really big PB. We are <laughs> going to be running a 10K event later this year and you listening right now have the chance to be involved. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, we want to help as many people as possible to run a PB, whatever that PB might be. It's going to be in collaboration with Puma as well. So keep your eyes peeled for how you can sign up. And don't forget that we've got the discount code of Puma TRC25 for 25% off. So head to Puma.com. So we've said it loads of times. News this week, Berlin Marathon's happened. So exciting. Yeah. I'm going to start off by talking about Kipchoge as my bit of news because I know your one's exciting. Um, <laughs> well, his is pretty exciting too. It, very exciting. He has won it again. Fifth race win. It's a fifth time winning Berlin, which is a staggering statistic. I think he's won 16 out of his 19 marathons that he's run or something like that. And Absolutely obviously next year he's going to try and be the first person ever to win three Olympic Games over the marathon. So, so incredible. Do you think he would be starting to get annoyed with people being like, come on, break two hours as a world record? I think, I mean, from what I read, he actually set off at the pace to try and do it. Oh, really? uh, And then faded. Um, Faded Faded. (laughs) Faded to 202. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Faded into victory. Yeah. That's the the incredible thing. Um, I don't know. Like, I I, I mean, personally, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think that, uh, although we'll come on to the, that what happened in the women's race in a minute so that that could be a game changer but um yeah i i uh i'm not sure it's gonna happen for him as he gets that little bit older now um he's run so many marathons already yeah um, mm. it may be possible for someone like kipton who's, who's like young and upcoming um it sort of would be a shame if it's not yeah. kipchoge as the pioneer but yeah i, I think it's it amazing. might happen but not him exactly and he bounced yeah. back from boston to win in berlin which i think is an incredible thing so yeah. so cool he's had a great year yes not too bad then then my news story is that uh, in the women's race, Ethiopia's Tigist Asefa, who won Berlin last year in 2.15, um, which was a, a huge PB from her for her last year and one of the fastest runs of all time, 
ran a new women's world record. I'm speaking slowly because I can't quite comprehend how fast she ran. She ran 2.11.53. It's just unbelievable. But it's, maybe if, if this puts it into context, for the 2012 Olympics, the men's Olympic marathon qualifying time was 2.12.00. From memory, I think. Um, someone will write in and tell me that's wrong, but it's right around <laughs> that, right around that. So she would have qualified for a men's team yeah. at the Olympic marathon in, in 2012, which is how fast, fast that is. And it's right. over two minutes faster than the, world, the previous world record. It's how Incredible. quickly the, the marathon distance time has been knocked off in such a short period of, yeah. of years. Because and Paula Radcliffe's record stood for years and years and years. Years and years and years. And years. It's, just, yeah. it's just all, it's just all gone at supersonic speed. And then she, the, the picture at the end of the marathon, she's holding up her shoes, like thanking her shoes yeah. because... There's a bit of controversy around these sho shoes because they're single-use shoes apart from uh, break-ins. So you can break them in for a few days before, but single-use, cost a fortune, but she's holding them up saying, you know, this is basically how I well, was yes. able to do it, similar as well as the, a lot of training. Similar yeah. to the time, these shoes are like miles underneath the weight of like most carbon shoes. Like if you, yeah. if you look Which at- Which is why they don't last very long. So they, they've tried yeah. to create the fastest possible shoe. Yeah. Um, so this is the Adidas, Adizero, Adios Pro Evo 1. Yeah. Um, There's something about <laughs> this that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it in any way, in any unprofessional way, but as in like, it, the, the shoes, are, they're such a big part now yeah. of these times that it's kind of like the old records. You can't, the, the incomparable. No, I mean, I know this is my oh, bugbear or like high horse, but yeah, the, the, there is that. Oh, it's, I suppose, similar to in track and field when they went from like cinder tracks to uh, synthetic rubber tracks mm. where like that had such a seismic leap forward in, in how fast people could run that this is, this is the same. I don't think you can compare times from 10, 15, 20 years ago to the times now, especially on the road because the shoes are so different, which is why I love racing. That's what's amazing to see these athletes win races because that's, that's what it's about for me is that it's the head-to-head -head competition and who can be the best person on the day when they're all hopefully wearing similar technology. Well, I'm just excited for the Olympics next year. Like if this year wasn't exciting enough, what's gonna all happen in the Olympic year? More yeah, records. Well, I, I I can't wait. It feels like that's going to come around really fast. So yeah. let's just watch this space, see how Kipchoge gets on in next summer's marathon in Paris. But next up, we've got your questions. Oh, Sarah, you're going to love this question. Oh, okay. So Josh from London. Thanks, Josh. I've recently completed a marathon and would like to transition to some longer trail ultras. Good decision, Josh. Yeah, there you go. No, don't do it. No, really don't bother. Uh, <laughs> do you have any recommendations for what distance race I should start out with and any races that you might think would be a good start? I mean, it is a good question. Oh. See, Sarah would love that question because I am not qualified to answer this. Yeah, and I, and I think ultras <laughs> are just ridiculous. I think they're crazy. Ultras just, they're... are great. Josh, welcome to the best side of running because if you've run really? a marathon... the best side yeah, of running? Yeah, yeah, because if he's run a marathon and he's now going to transition into an ultra, you've obviously got the super, super long ones that mm. you can think about. That's probably, you know, further down the line. However, he is in the best part of ultra running where I would recommend you do what most people class as an ultra is anything over 50K. So I would sign up to a 50 or a 55 relatively flat or you could go for something with a little bit more elevation you're going to be able to do this your training will look very similar to marathon training however race day will be so much better 
because if it's in trails you will be doing like a combination of walking and running because sometimes just running up hills is just far less efficient mm. so you'll walk and the aid stations will be so good you can stop you can have some cake <laughs> you can have flapjacks i did one oh, i think there's a real transition I, I mean, isn't there? is this spoke? running is this still running I'm yes sorry. it is still... it still counts yeah it rick it's an all-day picnic uh, oh I've, gosh <laughs> everyone that i've spoken to as one of the things they've highlighted about ultra running is that I think true scientific sports nutrition that, that a lot of people would use in, in a marathon, for example, like that can feel a bit kind of mm. certainly the very sweet stuff. By the end of it, you're like, I don't, you know, you don't want to have so much sweet gels and so on. So yeah. everyone that's talked to me about ultras is excited about the idea of real food because like, yeah. you, you can slow down enough to eat lunch actual, actual in a yeah, restaurant yes. <laughs> well when i did so my Few first glasses. my first ultra in thailand <laughs> Mate, you're selling it to me now yeah you? yeah you can have wine yeah. <laughs> you can have wine can you no my first um ultra in thailand people they if you do it in a different country like quite often the aid station will have like food from that country so people were sitting down to full-on like rice and like a whole meal at the aid station it's so different. It's if you enjoy the like mental side yeah. of yeah. running and okay. the like I, no, resilience okay. to get through it, there is nothing quite like an ultramarathon. My was one tip though would be if you're not used to elevation, if you've done loads of flat races, don't do what I did and go and do one which had, I can't even remember how much elevation it had, yeah. but it the last 10K was a thousand meters up in 10K. I wouldn't recommend that. It was a big A thousand meters up. Wow. Bear in mind the best athletes in the world over ultra running as well are absolutely phenomenal and they won't stop in the aid stations in the way no. that Sarah's no, Sarah's no, the restaurants. But also I think it's just a way of exploring and testing human limits. Like it's a different, it is a different sport though, probably. Like it's mm. a, yeah, it's the same, like you said, like sprinting is so different yeah. to middle distance or like road distances. Ultra, again, is a completely different and, ball game. And I'm in awe of the, that mindset and that ability to just, just keep going. Keep going. Mm. But I, I don't think I have it. I think I have the finite, like, time goal yeah. <clears throat> mindset um, for my own personal running. That's what kind of motivates me. Although for the marathon, I, I want to get round. Mm. Um but like that's a different kind of war of attrition with your mind than knowing you're going to be out there for hours and hours. And yeah, I think there are like two very different mindsets. There's the like quickly empty the tank kind of mindset. Yeah, that's me. And then there's yeah, the an ultra I would describe as you get down to almost zero and then you have to live in Bounce that kind back. of five percent. Go to the restaurant, recharge. What about a suggestion for a race for Josh? So, because he's in London, there are loads of great ones around London. You've got like Thames Path runs, which are relatively flat. Then, mm. if you want to go out into the countryside, there are some great ones like down towards Surrey. There's I did one called Hurtwood Fifty last year, which is in December, so it's quite nice and cold. Fifty k, yeah. yeah. But there's also if you want a stretch goal challenge to aim for, there's some incredible 50 milers in the Lake District. Well, I was going to say as well that not knowing where Josh and how he has done his marathon training, there might be a, a logic here to actually, rather than just leaping from marathon to say a 50K, is to enter some trail races that are only say a half marathon distance. Mm. Because there's so much, can be so much more challenging in terms of terrain. 
Um, You've also, and you will run slower. Watch accuracy. And your heart rate will be higher and all yeah. those things. Yeah. This yeah. time of year as well, when the clocks change, there are loads of race mm. event series again, like out in the countryside. You can get to it from the train in London and then night races as well. I did one last year. I think it was a trail. Oh, that sounds fun. 16K, I yeah. think it was, at night and the medal glowed in the dark. It was amazing. Oh, and nice. um, I'm just going to do a little shout out as well to the uh, Running Channel blogs, which have been talking about ultras last month. Mm. So yeah. uh, if you're not aware of them, on the Running Channel website, some of the presenters have been doing monthly blogs about their month in running and what yes. they've been up to and where they've been going. So take a look at those because Anna did one about a really cool ultra last month. And she's about to take on uh, 100k in the Lake yeah. District. As people are listening to this, As in fact, she'll be, she'll be doing it, I think. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we're wishing her video. all luck in the world for that because that's an incredible feat of self-navigation, all that sort of stuff. And there'll be a video on the Running yeah. Channel coming up about it as well. Super stuff. That was fun. Nice to have you back. It's uh, lovely to be back. I missed you so very much. We missed you, Sarah. And if you have <laughs> missed Sarah, then you need to be recommending the Running Channel podcast to any runners out there that you think could benefit from, hopefully, a little bit of lighthearted entertainment, <laughs> the love that you can feel amongst the three of us for each other mm. and for running. Then uh, mm. drop that into a, a group chat, a WhatsApp group look, running forum. You look like you want to go somewhere. Yeah, I'm just checking the time. Oh, right. oh yeah, body language, <laughs> the body language. <laughs> Sarah has spent the entire podcast with her legs crossed away from me i'm not gonna read too much into that <laughs> so they're pointing towards me ah, see you next we week bye, bye. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.